God of love, we love you so much, and we thank you for the opportunity that we get to be in your house, God. And I just pray, Lord, as you have prepared the way for us to speak today, and thank you so much for that. I just pray, Lord, that um, the hearts of everyone in here would be open, God, and that you would just drop out of our spirit what you would have for every person in the place and every person online today. God, we love you. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable and pleasing to you, oh God, our rock and our redeemer. God, we love you so much. And everybody said, amen. Amen. See, I gotta say you see that. why I get her on stage? She even prays better than I do. <laughs> Y'all, this is embarrassing. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take the first question, and then you piggyback off that. We're just going to go. We're going to keep up with time, so we're going to answer as many as absolutely possible. We've got a bunch of questions. We're going to answer as many as possible, and what we don't answer, maybe we can work out a live stream or something on social media at some point and kind of discuss those that way. So here's the first question we were asked, right? This makes us seem old. I'm just letting you know. It does. It makes us seem old, but I love it. I'm not as young as I once was, but I'm as young once. I really feel As like I that's ever was. a country right. song. All right, here we go. How do you two keep the relationship alive Whoop. after being married over 12 years? So it'll be 13 years in May that we've been married. Good job. You can shout for that. And May clap 17th. For that. That's great. May 17th. We have an anniversary trip coming up that weekend, by hey. the way. Don't forget. Um, so here's, here's what I wrote down, right? So uh, I, there's three things. I'm going to talk about two, and then I'm going to hit the last one quick. Um, because it is really important to me, but um, it's, it's this, communication and transparency is what I said. For me, it's communication and transparency um, because here's the thing. I say this. Um, this is kind of a catchphrase in preacher circles, um, but you've heard me say it here, and, and it's just such a powerful statement. God, God won't bless who you pretend to be, yes. but here's the other side of that. Your spouse can't connect with who you really aren't. So here's what I mean by that. Like, we can't pretend to be something we're not and expect to have this really intimate connection with our spouse. Right. We have to learn to be, communicate clearly. I don't do that very well. Um, I'm just going to be honest. I do not communicate well at all because I'm of the mindset that if I know it, you should know it too. <laughs> right? And I'm also of the mindset that I told you something when I really didn't tell you something. Right? So I'm admitting that on, on, on camera. All right? So don't hold it against me. Um, but you have to learn. So here's what I wrote down, right? We got we to gotta have hard conversations, right? So sometimes I got to hear you tell me that I'm wrong, even when I'm not. <laughs> like right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. No, we got to have hard conversations, right? Yes. We got to um, have uncomfortable conversations, right? Um, I, think, I think as couples, and, and here's why I think this is important, even if you're in high school, even if you're... Um, even if you're uh, single and you're, and you're not married, um, it's just as important because I, I wish I had somebody. Honest, I, I mean this. I'm not just saying this because I'm doing it. I wish I had somebody that would have these kind of conversations with me in high school yes. so that I knew how to be a responsible a young adult right. uh, in a relationship in college. Maybe I wouldn't have wasted so much time on, on ridiculous stuff. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think you got to have un- hard conversations. you got to be okay having uncomfortable ones. Uh, you got to have conversations about um, parenting, about sex, about finances, about too much Starbucks. Praise God. you got to have 
hard conversations about, hey, you need to quit getting so mad at football because your son like, is doing what mm -hmm. you do. Like, stop throwing your jersey across the room because he did that. that may or may not have happened in my marriage. Um, you need to have conversations about what gets on your nerves, yeah. but also what makes you happy. That's right. Like, what you enjoy. Um, and you have to be, this is the other side of it, you have to be willing to listen. Mm -hmm. So you have, like, you can't just be willing to talk. You have to be willing to listen to the other person as well. And in 13 years, we've, we're learning that. I'm, I'm learning. I'm, I am a very bold leader, so I'm very, um, I'm very next step oriented. So listening for me is difficult <laughs> because it's, hey, this is what we need to do. All right, let's go. And I turn around and walk off. But I don't a lot of times listen to, well, here's some concerns I got about that. Like, how are we going to do it? How? I don't know how we're going to do it. I just know we're going to do it and let's go. Right? And so we have to be willing. And then here's the last one. Here's the last one. And I think it's so key. You got to learn to have fun. Like, everything doesn't have to be so uptight that it's not fun and you can't laugh. Like, learn to laugh at your mistakes. Learn to laugh at their quirks. Learn to laugh at their frustration. Like, I love, I actually, it, it makes me laugh really hard when she gets annoyed at something stupid. Because, to me, I'm like, that's ridiculous. Why are you even upset about that? To her, it's a big deal. But I find a way to make her laugh in that because it breaks the tension. You know what I'm saying? Like, have fun. Here's the other side of that. And, and this is something I thought about in ministry this week. The Bible teaches us that the joy of the Lord is your strength, right? I've never met somebody that's joyful that never smiles or laughs. People that are joyful, they smile and laugh. They have a good time. It's like, <laughs> my life is not going very well. <laughs> right? That's kind of psycho creepy, but at the same time, <laughs> when you got the strength of the Lord, you can get through it. And so I was wondering why, and I was thinking about it in the context of ministry, why are there so many pastors and ministers and leaders out there that are just mad at the world all the time? And this thought crossed my mind. What if it's because they're not joyful because the Lord's not in what they're doing? What if they're trying to do it in their strength instead of the Lord's strength? And I'm not judging that. I, don't know, I can't answer that for anybody but me, right? I'm the only person that can answer it for me. So I've got like... I just say, if your marriage like is never joyful, maybe the Lord's not in the right place in your marriage. Because it says he should be your strength. He should make it better and stronger. That's what's kept it alive for me. And, yes. I mean, I love you, and you're amazing and beautiful. <laughs> I love you, and you're amazing and handsome. I was going to see if you said beautiful. <laughs> I switched it. Okay. <laughs> um, yes, all that you said. And definitely, faith is first. And, um, and I don't want to seem like we're putting marriage above singleness. And I don't want, if you are single, if you're a student or if you're older and single, for whatever reason, God has you that where you are right now on purpose. And I want you to know, before I go any further, to tell you what kept us alive, the main thing is the main thing, That's right. God. Come on. That's good. And um, if you're single, pursue him like you want a, a, a man to pursue you or a woman to pursue you, like your spouse to pursue you. And when you become more like your creator and your maker, you're going to become more of who you were made to be. And I'll tell you, um, he and I, we broke up for like a year. We won't go into that story. Um, and... 
Um, but let me tell you, there was a place for that year because I realized that, and we talked about this old movie last year, Jerry Maguire, where he's, I don't even know if that's a good movie, but he says, <laughs> you complete me. And in that year, I learned that he does not complete me, that God completes me. Okay. He's a, a companion. He's a helpmate. We've talked about that last week. We're not meant to be hurtmates, but helpmates. But anyways, pursue God, your maker, and you'll become more of what you were meant to be. And in that year, I learned that I fully relied on Brandon and not God. And, and once I put my focus on the one that completes me, then God brought him back, which was insane because I, you know, without sinning, like I didn't hate him, but I strongly disliked him. And I never, I was like, I Thought will we weren't never, never say never, never say you'll never marry that man. Never say you'll never marry that woman. Never say you'll never get a minivan. None of that. Like you, <laughs> you, you you'll do it. You'll do it's it. the best decision you'll anyways, ever make. I'm just saying. But anyways, I had to say that. <laughs> yes. But what kept our marriage alive? You know, faith in action. Like faith without works is dead. You can believe there's a God all day long, but he's not going to help you unless you reach out for it, unless you work for it. You've got to put That's your good. faith in action. You know, be about it. We've talked about that before. Um, but my things, okay, communicate. Yes, communicate, communicate, communicate. Um, mm, let me say, don't sweep hard things under the rug. Yeah, I, we, I did that without realizing, honestly, I hid in baggage for the longest time. And um, if you keep shoving hard conversations under the rug, you are going to wind up in a mess. And maybe you are in a mess and there is hope and freedom today. I want you to know that. So don't get upset and depressed and say, I'm stuck. I'm done. You're moving forward today. Yeah. But um, a lot of times we don't want to communicate because it's hard and we keep pushing things under the rug. And I would say that's one thing that transformed our marriage. We went to a place where people prompted us to talk about things you don't ever want to talk about. And I, I just found freedom in talking about things. And I mean, we just never took time to talk about, you know. And so um, communicate and assess. Like, so I was a school teacher for 10 years, and um, there was never a day that we went without having an assessment. Whether it were informal or formal, we had a test. And it was so that I could see where each kid was in their learning and how I could push them to the next level. And also, if they needed some extra help after class or if they needed some kind of accommodation, like being moved so that they can get so they can receive and succeed, you know, the way that they, that they learn best. And we do that in the school system and for everybody else. But the one we love the most, we don't sit down and assess, whoa, where's our relationship at? And there's so many times where he'll ask me, babe, if there's one thing that I could do better at, what's that one thing? And I'm like, one thing? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but it's really hard. It's, it's crazy. We don't want to do the hard thing because it takes a lot of work. The quick fix, the easy way is to just scoop it under the rug. That bothers me, but I'm just not, I don't want to talk about it because it takes work, right? And so assess your relationship. Evaluate what's going on, what you brought into the relationship. You know, like 
uh, I think there's like two groups of people. There's people who think marriage is supposed to be a fairy tale, and there's people who think it's supposed to stink. When actually, it's like neither of those things. It's quite beautiful. It's hard. It's like crazy oxymoron. It's like hard but beautiful. It's beautifully broken, and it's, it's messy but lovely at the same time, right? And the way to keep it that way is to assess, like, how's it going? What can I do more? What can I do better? And I will say, laugh. Proverbs says that laughter, a cheerful heart, like, it is it is like medicine, and it is. And even though he makes me so mad when he makes me laugh when I'm mad. It's a game. It, he's like, and don't you laugh. He does it to Kylie, too. He's got her. Anyways, but laugh. It is so, it's so good. And, you know, set boundaries. We're not going to take it to this extreme. We're going to cut it off, you know, walk away, blah, 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 whatever. Anyways, and then give grace. Give grace. It's good. Very Ooh. good stuff. All right, here, here's the next one. I'm going to let you go first, and, oh. um, and, and we'll go from there. What is <laughs> the hardest part of marriage? <sighs> I, I, this is hard for you to answer because you're married to me, so it's good. Oh, my goodness. You... <laughs> oh, my goodness. What's Safety. the hardest part of marriage? I'm just kidding. Was, <laughs> come get him. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, <laughs> so um, let me say this, too, again. Marriage, God looked at all he created and what he said. He actually said it is very good. Marriage is good. It's intended to be very good. But again, it takes work. And so there's hard parts. And I think the hardest part for me is that we communicate so differently. And I'm learning. Listen, we've been married for 12 years. And so I'm learning how to compromise and how he communicates and how it's a beautiful thing that we're actually different. But at first, it was not like that. But let me give you some examples of how we're different, okay? So I love to snuggle. Raise your hand if you like to snuggle. Okay, okay. Like not a lot of people, actually. (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm not as weird as you think. (laughs) But I love to snuggle, and um, Cullen does too. But anyways, he's more concerned about whether or not the sheets are centered on the bed. <laughs> if I'm, and I'm try, I want to snuggle. I don't care about the sheets on the if bed. If the line on the sheet is oh. crooked, I cannot go to sleep. It's not going to work. All right, let's talk about this one too. So um, <laughs> I think that there's a gauge on my car that tells me when my car is coming to empty so that I'll go to the gas station. I'm like, why would there be a gauge if we shouldn't wait till it's empty? But- See? Amen. Thank you. Like, and he thinks I need to go when it's like half a tank. Yes. I'm like, it's not even empty. Uh, yes. Why exactly. waste That's- your money like two weeks in advance? <laughs> See? So you don't and, have to pay for a and, tow truck. That's why. And my girl Megan said that we can wait 20 miles after empty. So when it gets to empty and the ding, 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 and my kids are like, Mom, is that your gas light? And I'm like, yep, I'm going. That's like, not, it no, even you, you tells don't say, you. You don't say, yep, I'm going. You say, yep, I'm going to park in the driveway and wait for your dad to drive the van. Uh, I have done that. Anybody with me, praise God. See? Amen. We communicate right so differently, and, <laughs> and we, but we're so good together at the same time. Let's see what else. Mm. That's great. I like the lamps on 
or like, you know, mood lighting. And he is going to flip on every light in the house and it's going to be super bright. And we have white carpet. And I'm like, no, like, we'll switch it. We got to switch it. Got stuff to do. Let's go. Mm -mm. (laughs) Uh, Oh, and this is another way we're different. I didn't say this in the first experience. Y'all are welcome. But, okay, I tell the long story long. Um, and he's like, just get to the point. Like he tells the long story extremely short, like, you know, and I'm just, I'm very much a peacemaker and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm talking to a certain audience. Like if I'm talking to my kids, I'm going to carefully let them know this, 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 and this and why, you know, like, mm hmm. Okay. And so he's like, Megan, just tell me what you want. (laughs) to say. Anyways, we communicate differently. But so I have a, I I like to talk. I have a lot to say, but if you haven't heard anything I've said today, I want you to hear this. Listen, listen. When I learned to listen to him, I realized that our difference actually, our differences actually make us come together. And I realized who I was designed to be his helpmate. And I realized how to cheer him on. And I, I understood his personality, even though it was not mine, you know. And um, I, I just, I remember saying things, especially when we were first married. And I just did not get why you were the way you were. And I was just like, I mean, I would spit things out. And it reminded me of those, does anybody feed their kids those squeezy pouches of baby food? And like, you think it's going to be convenient. And there's, yeah, applesauce. We got them back there with the kids. Anyways, um, when you, when they first start holding their bottles and things, you're like, oh, these are the coolest things ever invented. And my mom's like, they didn't have those when I was growing up or whatever. And so I, I handed them to all three of my children growing up. And I mean, they just, I'm like, please don't squeeze it. Please, just like a juice box in the car. Y'all know, oh, don't squeeze it. Don't squeeze it. But every time they squeeze that thing and it goes all over them, all over the car seat, all over wherever we are. And that was how I felt about the words I was using towards you. Like they just went all over you and there's no way to put them back. And I mean, even now I'm apologizing for things I said then. And you know, you just listen, just, just, just listen. James 1:19. it says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. Hmm. When I learned to listen, that's when our hardships didn't seem so hard. When I learned to hush and just let you be you. That's good. And that's what I would say is it's been the hardest, but the most beautiful. Hey, let me do one more thing. (laughs) Um, I know he's about to talk. All right. Y'all ready? Get your vocal cords ready. I just, I want, I want to tell you something that just changed our marriage for real, for real life. And it's hard to do, but I want you to holler if you like the Gamecocks. How many of you like the Gamecocks? Put a chicken in the chat if you like the Gamecocks. All right. And how about Clemson Tigers? Oh, okay. Put a tiger in the chat. Okay. All right. I'm having too much fun with that. All right. How about, um, oh, how about my girl Kylie? She got... Listen, let's cheer for her. She got two stitches this week in her foot, and she was the bravest she's ever been all her life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kylie. She's, love you, girl. She's watching at home. 
But anyways, now, seriously, I want to say this. When's the last time you cheered for your spouse? When's the last time you looked at them and said, hey, babe, I saw you do that laundry when on your day off, all that laundry. You did. Y'all, he did. I saw you. But when's the last time we cheered for our spouse? You know, I can remember so many times just being so excited about a Gamecock win with you or this and that. And, you know, and and also, let me say this about you, because I know your love language is words of affirmation. Let me tell you, (laughs) y'all, this man has been working out like five to six days out of seven a week. And you are looking so good, babe. You are looking so good. I mean, I can see it. What do, we, what do we say? The gym's that way? Or I don't know, something. But anyways, like, I'm, I'm serious. It will change your life when you learn to encourage, listen and encourage and just lift up and shout for the one that we often pass up, you know? Like, we're nicer to everybody else. And they're like, well, why can't you be nice to me like you are your people at work? Or why can't you be nice to me like you are that person over there? Like, and it's true, they're right. They might shouldn't be talking to you like that in that way about it, you know, like assess your relationship. But it's true. Sometimes we are the meanest and the rudest to the person that is meant to help us the most. It's good. Very good. I love Awesome. You. All right, we're going to go it's through the next couple fast because uh, I tell I- quick stories, apparently. And... Uh, Anyway, all right, so here, here's one we had. My spouse has become complacent since retiring, and I want to do things around the house, and I want to go on more trips. I'm with you. I love trips. How can I motivate him or them uh, without sounding too critical? So here is my quick response to this, and then I'll move on to the next one. It's this. Uh, and this is for not just that situation. This is just in general if you want to do something like Megan says, if you don't want to sound critical, don't sound critical. That's right. Like, just make sure what you're saying isn't critical, you know? So there's that. And, uh, and she's right. But I would say this. Find something you both enjoy doing and do it. So, like, find something that he enjoys doing and do that with him. Find something that she enjoys doing and do that with her, right? Um, so, like, Megan is not a big golfer, but she's offered, offered many times to go ride you know, on the golf cart with me. And I'm like, well, we got three kids, so I'm not even trying that. Um, but, but uh, no, find something that you both enjoy doing and, and do that. Like uh, for date night one time, she was like, all right, we'll go to Top Golf uh, downtown, the simulator. And she uh, is an ama- amazing <laughs> golfer. And uh, that's not true at no. all. No. Uh, but she, she went and we had a good time and it was a great time. So find something you both enjoy doing and, and, and do that together. And that's even for, for couples, no matter where, where we are, like just really invest in what, because the chances are the reason he doesn't want to do it is he doesn't find it restful and he's probably been working his entire life, especially if he, he or she, I don't know, just retired. Uh, they probably just want to rest yeah. and they just want to, so find what's restful to them and go do that with them. Uh, and that's the same on the other side, right? So uh, that's, that's just some practical advice on that. Also, we struggle. This one's good. Uh, let's hit it as quick as we can. All right. We struggle with being a blended family and getting along with the other side to co-parent efficiently. 
Does the Bible talk about how to co-parent in God's eyes and work together correctly? Um, it's a great question because in 10 years in youth ministry and nine years at Radiate and uh, you know, trying to counsel the best that I can and help people walk through life, I would say I work with blended families a lot. And I cannot imagine the difficulty uh, that, is, that I'm being told about, but I'm not being told about as well. And so it's a very difficult situation. It's very tough. So I think you have to embrace that, right? But I would say this. I would say you have to live in a st- constant state of grace, and that's in life in general. So I'm going par- to take this co-parenting thing, and I'm going to couple it with parenting in general. And I'd say this. Jesus makes this statement. Uh, he makes it in a spiritual sense, but I think it's a very logical and practical sense as well. He says this. He says, a kingdom divided against itself, what? Will not stand. That means it, it's going to crumble, it's going to fall apart. And so I'd say this. Make sure everybody in your house is on the same page. Make sure, number one, God's at the center. Don't let anybody else tell you how to parent. Let God tell you how to parent. Let God tell you the convictions for your household, the values for your household. But here's the truth. you got to know this going into that. You don't get the final say. God, God gets the final say. So you don't even get to pick your own values. You just get God to tell you which values of his are, are in your house right now. Does that make sense? The Bible and God gets the final say. So let, let that happen. Like Be together and let your life be the example for your kids of how to get through difficulty, right? So in this, like, I say it like this, let, let the way that you live be the greatest. I believe more is caught than is taught anyway. And so let the way that you live your life in a difficult time teach your kids how to get through difficult times, right? So if you're co-parenting in a blended family, then clearly somewhere along the line, there's been a very difficult situation that has taken place in your life and your child's life and the other side's life. It's just, it's just the way it is. So let how you, uh, how you live that be an example to them of how to live through that right. moving forward. Like that they're not caught off guard in those moments. More caught than is taught. You can sit there and tell them you need to love your dad, you need to love your mom all day long. But until they see you teach them how to do it, yes. it never takes on life form. That's right. It never makes sense. Let that mm-hmm. be the example of what God is doing in your life. And this is the last thing I'm going to say about that, and we'll go to the next question. And I, I want to I use this. I, I, I just feel like I need to say this because I don't know who's watching or what's going on. I see it all the time. And I know in the schools that we have a lot of, of teachers and administrators in schools here. And I just want to say this, never use your kids as a pawn in a game of 3D chess. Never use your kids as a pawn in a game of 3D chess. And here's what I mean. Just be careful what you say about and to the other side in front of your kids. And that's even if you're married and it's not a co-parenting situation. Like, I don't care if you're mad at them and mad as fire. Don't say something stupid in front of your kids so that your kids grow up and think that that's how you treat the opposite sex. Like... Let never use them as a game, as a part of the game, right? So and here's if you a, here's, do, it's okay to let them know you're not perfect and you're sorry. Yeah, if it happens, like, just, hey, I'm sorry. I never should have said that, and that's not true, and that's on me, and I was in the wrong. They weren't in the wrong. I, your kids need to learn how to apologize from you, right? Your kids need to learn how to I've said I called my daughter on the way to church this morning. 
because I fussed at her about something and I called her and I said, um, because she's got, she, her foot has to, she can't have close toe because of the stitches and the, so we're just being careful with infection right now. And I called her and I just said, hey baby, I'm sorry that I, I was probably a little uh, meaner than I should have been this morning. That's literally what I said. And I didn't mean it, but you do need to stop doing that. But that I shouldn't have said it that way and I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, they need to know that. They need to hear that, right? So, um, Megan, I'm going to let you hit this one, and then I'm going to close with the last one, but hit this one as, as thoroughly but as quickly as you can, all right? So here we go. How do you raise children on a godly path and prepare yourself for those future difficult conversations? So good. Well, um, first of all, let me say we're not the perfect parents, but we are trying, and that is a beautiful thing for our kids to to realize that, you know, I don't know why, like they think we've had kids before them or something. I'm like, y'all are our first kids. And like, (laughs) we're really trying just as much as you're trying to do good. We are trying to learn you and how to train you up, you know, and it's a beautiful thing for them to understand just because we're in authority over them doesn't mean that we're perfect and that we're going to do it all right. So that is a beautiful thing. Um, first, um, get on the same page with your spouse. It's a messed up thing when, and we've done it. We've been there. We've learned a lot in our 12 years. Um, But it's really messed up when you're trying to discipline a kid or like, let's say you're trying to say like, Kylie this, Kylie that. And then I'm like, babe, like that's messed up because you just gave her three consequences for her one blah, blah, blah. And then we get in an argument in the middle of that And like, it completely shows them that we don't even know, like we're not even on the same page so that they can start playing favorites, you know, may as well. So anyways, get on the same page with your spouse. Make sure that you have the same values that you want for your kids and you talk through how to train them up in the way that they should go. Like, how do you think we should deal with this situation? You know, talk about that behind closed doors so that you guys can agree. And also, if you don't agree with something that your spouse says to the kid, like tell them in private. That's what I did this morning. I was like, babe, you were really rude to her. And it was just because you couldn't find something, I don't know. And I was like, and it went off on her, you know? I mean, it happens. And so he, you know, he knew he needed to call her and say sorry. And so do that in private. Like, I don't know that we should discipline this way, but get on the same page with your spouse. And this before I say anything else, I want to tell y'all, this is not a decoration. This jar of marbles has, this is hard for me to say. This jar of marbles, it's 418 marbles. And it stands for 418 weeks that we have left with Brody until he becomes an adult. 418 weeks. If I take a marble out a week, In 418, he's going to be an adult. When we think with the end in mind, a lot of our decisions are more clear. A lot of our decisions are more based on God and what he would do and not out of a quick fix. Uh, You know, I grew up this way. My parents are incredible, but I grew up thinking this way, that if it was bad, you cover it up. If mom or dad said no, it's no. 
there was never really a why attached to the no in my head. It was just no, no, no. You don't say that. You don't do that. You don't have sex. You don't say that word. You don't. And there was never really a why. It was just no. Don't do that. Don't quick fix and just tell your kids no. Now, and don't give them a whole long story for every little thing they do wrong either. I'm guilty. Okay? But don't spend time not talking about these conversations because you don't know how. Every moment counts. Yes, you feel like you're losing your marbles the other way, but that's because you are. You're losing the weeks that you have to do what Proverbs says, to train them up in the way that they should go. And I'm so passionate about kids. Like, I just, I love them. I love them so much. And that's why I'm your kids director. I just, I love, I love this generation. And I have such a passion for them. But I want you to get this. They're just as much the body of Christ as you are. And we've got to train them up and equip them to know what these things mean. Brody came home in first grade asking me what sex was. And I was like, well, what do you think it means? And of course it was not really right, but don't not have those conversations because if we don't tell them, someone's going to, and it's not gonna be the way that you want it to be told. I even brought into my marriage a bad view of sex because of the way that I was raised. Like, no, 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 you don't do that. And it was meant to be good in the context of marriage. Yes. And explaining that to your children is, is a scary thing just because the world's made it a scary thing, but everybody else at their school's talking about it. Everybody else in the restaurant's talking about it. I kid you not, someone was talking about it on a FaceTime call in Target and I had to pull my kid away. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Ridiculous. If we don't tell them, someone will. And if you don't know how to answer it, call me up. We'll figure it out. It's good. Let's look in God's word. Let's pray with you. Let's figure out how to train up the child in the way they should go. If you're a grandparent, let us know how we can help and how we can help you help your daughter or son or whoever. Like we've got to have these conversations or else we're just constantly correcting behaviors and not raising world changers. It's good. And so... Just think with the end in mind. I don't even know if anything else is that important. And that, I think that's important before you get married to understand, like, as you live your life, live it with the end in mind. Yes. What do you want to accomplish? Where do you want to go? What does this need to look like? Because it's so I short. I think it's so important. Um, this right here is a little sad to me. It I don't is. get sad. That's sad, but it brings things into perspective as well. Yeah. It shows a lot. So here's the last one. I'm going to hit this one, and then I'm going to close this out in prayer. All right. It says, my spouse and I have years of hurt and resentment. I want to put in the work to repair and restore things, but he, uh, he is unwilling. It feels like we just can't communicate. What do I do? See, there's a reason that um, I preach a message every year in this series about baggage. And not every single year. It's going to happen anytime I do a relationship series. And here's why. Because all of us have some type of baggage that we carry in the things. Some of it's known and realized and some of it's not. Some of it doesn't come up until the heart, until you don't know what's in a lemon until it's squeezed. Some of it doesn't come out till, till you're in the squeeze, right? Until it's hard. And so I do that every year because I see people every year lay down baggage that is years of pain and hurt. Here's what I'd say. I'd say you need to talk about it. 
Now, I'm going to get to the part where only one side will talk about it in a minute. But I want to say this. And I'm starting a series um, next week called Rooted that is about this topic. And um, it's so daggum. I, I cannot wait to preach it. Um, it's so powerful. It's so rich. And it's based on the soils and uh, the parable of the soils. But we have to get to a place to where we understand that we've got to stop trying to fix fruit and realize that it's the root that determines the fruit. It's, it's the root. Like you can have a good fruit for a short amount of time with a really bad root. But eventually you're going to show back up and you're going to try to get that root, that fruit, and the root has killed the plant because the root was unhealthy. And until, and this is for, I don't, I don't if you're in the room, if you're watching online, male, female, terrible baggage not terrible it doesn't it, it honestly it doesn't matter the truth is is until we deal with roots until we strengthen roots until we fix dead roots until we pull up roots that don't need to be there anymore um the truth is the fruit that we have is never going to match what we really want it to be because the root's going to kill something watch this jesus asked this question when he would heal people and to me on the surface i'm gonna be real honest with you i'm gonna be transparent as a preacher right now it's been this way all day you've learned a lot about me you're welcome um but when jesus asks this question it's a really dumb honestly a dumb question in my mind until you really realize what he's trying to ask people would come to him they'd be like hey i'm blind i need you to heal me hey i'm lame i need you to heal me i need you to heal my friend i need you whatever right and jesus would look at him regularly and he'd ask this question do you want to be healed here's why that's a really dumb question in my mind I, again i really am kind of a straightforward black and white kind of guy right so when i read that i'm like they're standing in front of you asking you to heal them i think you know the answer to the question but the question was not for the benefit of jesus he wasn't even asking do you want to make do you want me to make you see again or do you want me to make your, your arm useful again here's really what jesus was asking when the fruit or the exterior thing that you're asking me to fix changes, it actually changes the entire perspective of how you have to live life from here forward. He's saying, when I make it so you can see with your physical eye, now your brain and your emotions and your reactions have to process everything differently because I fixed something on the outside and it changes everything on the inside. So what he's saying, he actually says it like this also. He says, do you want to be made well? Here's what he's asking. Do you want me to just heal something on the outside? Or do you want to make me to make you completely well and healed so that everything from the inside out is now changed and we got to be able to answer that question because a lot of us want a different fruit but don't mess with my root i want the fruits of the spirit but don't ask me to change the things that are not of the spirit and so what do you do go to a find a counselor can I just tell you from this seat, from your pastor, finding a counselor is not unbiblical or unholy, and it does not make you unsaved. You need to hear that. There's a lot of people that think if I go talk to somebody, then I'm not trusting God enough. No, God trusted them with wisdom and knowledge and anointing to do what they do to help us through the junk that we get into. 
Go find a counselor and talk to them. I'll tell you from my seat, I talk to a licensed counselor once a month. Why'd you get quiet? My my pastor talks to a counselor? Yeah. Because you don't know all the things that I have to talk through that you deal with that now I have to help you deal with. It's called mental health. And I'm not ashamed to tell you that. And if you think I don't love Jesus because I talked to a counselor, I would tell you they have a gift that you don't have. And I love Jesus enough to go, I can't figure this out by myself. I need a different perspective. Go find a counselor and get help. Now, what if my spouse won't get help? Here's what I'll tell you in that. Be the example that they need to see. You can't make somebody do something they don't want to do. But here's what you can do. First Peter teaches this. Don't win them with words. Win them with your life. That's powerful. Don't try to convince them. Just show them what it looks like to be a whole, healed, made well follower of Jesus. Show them what it looks like to have a root that is healthy. And now you're living out the fruit. You have the joy of the Lord because now you're more strong and strengthened and and confident in the Lord. We all have baggage. We all have things that hurt and is painful. But guess what? I don't scare Jesus. Let me just tell you this in closing. The thing that scares you doesn't even make God bat an eye. The thing that hurts you, the only reason it hurts him is because it hurts you. And he'll help you get through it. So today, some of some of you, the, the step, the next step, here, here's two next steps. Number one, you know how I've learned, I've learned how to be a better dad and a better husband is I've watched people. I've gotten in relationship with people that are great dads and great fathers great husbands, great leaders. One of them's here today. He doesn't even know this and I'm, I'll say his first name. I don't want you to, I don't want to embarrass him. A guy named Jack came into my life several years ago as a youth pastor when I was a youth pastor and I just watched him be a good dad and a good, a good husband. He doesn't even know the impact he's had on my life. My dad, I've watched be a good dad and a good husband. I've watched a former pastor of mine named, named Gene become a good dad and a good husband. Get in a life group. And I'm not saying that because I'm not saying that to boost our numbers because we got more people in life groups now than we've ever had in the history of this church right now at this moment. It's not about that. It's about, man, I get to sit around with Chris Branham and Eric Mosley and I get to sit around with Sam and I get to sit around with Pastor Travis and Jack and Gene and my dad. I get to sit around with these guys and we get to talk, John. We get to have these conversations like, dude, I don't even know what I'm doing right now. Get in a life group. Number two, second next step, some of you just need to give your life to Jesus first. That's the first step. And so we would love to pray with you over that. Some of you need to give your life to Jesus, and I'd love to pray that with you. And then we're just going to pray over you in general, and we're going to release you out to go take, a, take your next step the, at the next step wall on your way out to the right, right before you go through the doors. And just get more information on life groups. Swing by that Connect Center and get more information from there if you're a guest. Text that number on the live stream. And we just want to love you today. So if you would, just bow your heads.
And if you're in the place and you're at a place where you just like, I need to give my life to Jesus today. That's number one. I just want to surrender my life to Jesus. If that's you, would you hold your hand up real high right where you are? Because I'd love to pray salvation over you and watch you take a new step in a new life with Jesus. Amen. Keep your hand up. We're going to slip a clipboard in your hand so that we can walk this out with you. If you would, just repeat after me. We do this as a family each week that somebody gives their life to Jesus because we're in this together. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for forgiving me, for loving me, no matter what. I give you my past, my present, and my future. Hold me and walk with me all the days of my life. I love you. Thank you for welcoming me into the family of God. Would you put your hands together and make some noise for one person that gave their life to Jesus today. There's no other thing that we could ever do in this world.